Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath Podcast. It's me, Neil, and Paddy has aged backwards again. This seems to be happening an awful lot more often now. Paddy has aged backwards. Am I joking? This is obviously not Paddy. It's the <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Ashley Priest has joined us today from um, from the Birmingham Mail, and uh, I'm just delighted to have you on board here today for, for a quick chat. You're, you're somebody, Ashley, that, you know, I think it was... And you can keep me honest in this one. Would it have been December-ish 2019 when you got on, when you came on board following, uh, or not following, but reporting on the villa? Was it then? Because I've got this vague memory of, <laughs> this is kind of a funny, well, I don't know if you want to be associated with me having a hangover the first time that I, uh, one of the first <laughs> I heard you, but I was over in London and I was over in London with a couple of mates and we'd gone in an absolute wild one the night before and I woke up next morning and I saw the Carrot Blue podcast. I went, oh yeah, I just popped that on. I was lying in bed and then I went, and that's that's just, it's one of the first times that I remember hearing you on, on the actual podcast, but you can keep me honest. Is it since then that you've been with the, you've been with no, the guys? No, I think this December 2019 jumps out because that was the the month I had my, my first child, Penny, and, and I had that in some dramatic circumstances because obviously I was in the press box. Uh, Wesley just scored to make it 5-0 in, in the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. I've had mm. about 80 missed calls. I'm in the Trinity Road stand at this point. Zara, my partner's in Labour, and I've, I've totally missed all this. I, I, my mates ran <laughs> down from the top of the Trinity, north. He said, get out quick. Zara's in Labour. The baby's coming, the baby's coming. And obviously, uh, Penny weren't due for another month. I'm there stone-faced mm. like, I've got to finish my play ratings, hang on, and all this, I'm taking my laptop. Yeah, totally, well, whirlwind of a night, and that, that was a night when Conor Horandi and me saying, I scored, not mm. Codger, and all this. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that night, so that was December 18th, 2019. I joined, joined the Birmingham Live that summer, so my first taste of the Villa was mm. out in Minnesota, 
with all the American villains and those who travelled there. So I was, I was part of that pre-season. Went over to Leipzig as well. So straight in the deep end pre-season tour. Remember them? That's my one and only one. To be fair, so yeah, yeah I, start, I started. Then I jumped on the bandwagon, got lucky. I got chosen for the job. Big Villa fan. The the uh, the year they got promoted. So I've no yeah, I've only been in jo- here for the Dean Smith era. Before that, I was a, yeah. a Villa mad fan in the Holt End. Go used to go every week with my old man. He took me down, and yeah, I was a, I was a news reporter before that. And crime scenes beyond police tape and all sorts. So yeah, got my big chance, and I'm still pinching myself now, mate. I really am. Big Villa fan. I've got the, I've got the crest on my leg and all sorts. So yeah, I still pinch myself every day, Neil. It's mad. <laughs> there was another guy who had the crest in his leg as well. His name was Randy Lerner, but we're definitely not going to talk oh, about no, him no. at this moment time. No, no, no. As you said, <laughs> Dean Smith era, and that's exactly what we're kind of here to talk about. I think to, to today as well. I've got you know. For anyone who listens to the podcast, I don't usually tend to stay on script, but uh, I'm going to try to today. But today we're going to talk about Aston Villa, the season so far, the 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 summer that's just gone. And I suppose really we're going to focus on Aston Villa more so than than certain protagonists or certain, uh, certain uh, pieces that were going on during the summer as well. Because the club itself, Ashley, and you're probably in a better place than most to be able to, to, to talk about this. Um, but the club itself... The club itself has grown up an awful lot over the last 18 to 24 months, specifically, obviously, since we've had the leadership change at the very, very top. But it's really grown up and it's it's behaving in a way, I think, this uh, it, it's more business like. And what I mean by that is it's not that it's soulless or anything like that or it's corporate driven or it's money driven, but it's behaving in, in a way whereby they know that the, all the different parts, the components, the departments, for want of a different word, need to be pulling in the same direction and they need the same amount of attention, including even the women's game at the moment because they are mm-hmm. flying it at the minute. But they know yeah. that it takes more than just three lucky seasons like we had under, I'm not, sorry, lucky is probably the wrong word, but three good seasons and no future planning like we had under Martin O'Neill. They know it takes more than that to grow a club, to grow an entity, to grow, because call it as it is at the moment, and I know Wolves are there and Wolves have been in the Premier League, but the Midlands is there for the taking now. It really is there for the taking. And if you show a small little bit of um, if ingenuity, invention, you'll pull fans from everywhere. And I know the tribal and colloquial kind of... Um, kind of pockets that are there are there all right but like if you five years ago you wouldn't have seen a man city jersey walking down the streets here in ireland now they're all over the place yeah people will change breeding breeding brings brings an or sorry winning breeds an audience should i say and, and aston villa seem to be in more of a position to do this the only thing they need to do now is start winning regularly am i right in saying that ashley yeah spot spot on my um i think top to bottom you know the academy i'm a I cover the academy as much as I can, and you see mm. you see the success success they're having there as well, and that's going to get better and better. I was down at the Inner City Academy site today in Brookvale. I had a walk around there, spoke to residents, and everyone's buzzing when work starts on that. So top to bottom, Paddy, I think the owners have a big say in all this. The owners, as soon as they come, they wanted to lay the foundations. We want to build a hundred million pound player. So okay, Grealish is the boy. Uh, can we can we build another one? Where where the, where's the next one? And so we've got a couple in there now. Jacob Ramsey, we'll come to him. I mean, what's he worth now? He's coming on really well. Cameron Archer, can't stop scoring lately. So the academy side of things, right from right from the up, even even the, the, the lower age groups as well. I think Cole, Cole Ramsey, Jacob's brother, a great player, I've been told. So, yeah, a lot of good things happening with the women's game as well. They're flying in the WSL, give them a mention. Um, yeah, I think they're just very forward-thinking, Villa. I think Christian Perslow, 
he knows how to run this ship. He's running a tight ship on behalf of the owners. Wes Edens knows what he's doing. The books are the NBA champions. He's mirroring that here. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the level's hot. The, the bar's set high, isn't it? You've got to hit these marks. And it's up to Dean Smith now to take us to the next level. I think recruitment's been quite solid ever since last season. Matty Cash, Martinez, Martinez, wow. Mark Watkins. So, recruit, everything's, everything's right. Everything's going well. The, the, only, the only thing now that he's make that jump that now from mid table into into the um, these are Euro, European places, but the foundations are there and it can only bode well, Neil. So big big pat on the back to the owners, Perslow, Smith, everyone, um, even from the academy coaches and whatnot. So it's an all round effort, mate. And I think Villa are, are an envious club at the moment. And you mentioned about the youth side of things, and you know, I suppose harking back to the days of John Gregory. I suppose really maybe got started under Brian Little. We were churning out players. Yes, they maybe weren't making it into the first team. You know, everybody remembers like John Gregory started an Irish guy by the name of John McGrath. He actually only grew up maybe about yeah. 15, 20 minutes away from me at home. Yeah. He was he went on to have a real good career at Burton. There was other good players like Stephen Cook. People might remember him. He was brilliant underage for Villa. Never really kicked on. He was only about five foot one or five foot two. Um, there was all against me. Yeah, incredible player. Did you? Yeah, in swing the league, he, he was tiny. He flicking ball around me, made an all sorts. Just scary talent. Yeah, I think I think Matt Kendrick's gonna feature on him. Unreal. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he was definitely a fan favorite back then, and we were kind of like people were kind of waiting for him to kick on. I know he went on loan for a while, but. And, and and this is kind of where I'm going with it. Obviously, we had players that, that, kicked, that came through, like the two Moors, Gary Cahill, the two Gardeners, uh, whatever way we feel about them at this moment in time. But, you yeah. know, I suppose really we were we seem to be maybe throwing them to at senior football, hoping they were ready. And we got, yes, look, we got years out of Luke Moore. Stephen Moore didn't didn't really um, st stay the course. And maybe there was, you know, but things like that happen, I suppose. But what, what I'm trying to get at here is the youth overhaul that we've had recently, bringing the likes of uh, likes of Harrison, even bringing in scouting, you know, good scouts, getting rid of senior scouts, people who've been here for a while as, as scouts, and bringing in the likes of like Rob McKenzie and, and, and these guys, and, and maybe moving to a more statistical-based overall club focus um, scouting strategy itself. Where do you feel that the like? It seems like it's happened overnight. But where do you feel that the biggest improvements have have been made? There is it as simple as just kind of getting in somebody who knows what he's doing in a Mark Harrison? Because Sean Kimberly, who was there previously, I think it was Sean Kimberly who was there previously. He was very highly thought of as well. And mm. maybe was it he put in the seeds, and it was a case of just getting somebody to bring this forward. What What are your kind of views on that from from reporting on the club and maybe maybe seeing maybe hearing things in the halls of Villa Park? Yeah, I think I think Harrison deserves deserves the plaudits. I think as soon as the uh, the owners arrived, they wanted to build a, an academy hub. We've all been there. Loads of us have been there now. It's really impressive. We've got the stadium there and all sorts. And yeah, I mean the post players and, and coaches and scouts off West Bromwich Albion, haven't they? West Bromwich got a good success of, yeah. of, of, of nurturing talent. So a bit of promoted from within the post, a few of them. And the cherry picked and the, the cherry, cherry picked quite well. And the, the statement was made when they got Louis Barry from Barcelona. Big statement, academy signing that one. And they've trickled in since, haven't they? Kayla, Chuck Moika, the brothers as well, Carney, Philogene Bedos was an inspired signing a few years ago now from, from that London soccer school. So, yeah, Recruitment-wise, I think Mark Harrison deserves a good some plaudits here. Um, which, which building that academy base as well. I mean, even this summer as well, hiring Yedinak as a loans manager. You got Adam Henshaw in there, head of emerging emerging talents as well. So a lot, a lot is happening. 
a lot is happening behind the scenes. And obviously, the body more still no go zone for reporters of late. So um, I haven't been down there for a while, but I'll be following following the 23s and the 18s quite closely. And yeah, there's a lot to like, mate. And a lot of them are out online at the moment as well. They're in men's dressing rooms. That look, they're going from boys to men. Um, I'm not going to sing a boys to men song there, but yeah, <laughs> it's all going well, mate. So I'm looking forward to seeing them, them players come back. Obviously, hasn't happened for Louis Barry at Ipswich, so we're going to manage to yeah, that in January. Yeah, and that, that was something I was actually going to ask you. There's there's two pieces in that, and and, and I suppose that's that's one thing I was going to ask you with, like. Louis Barry, I thought he was in a super position there at Ipswich under Paul Cook. Paul Cook managed there in the League of Ireland. He absolutely tore it up. He was like a, a breath of fresh air in, in a, in a semi-professional league, really. You know, he was men amongst boys, just like just far out, you know, boxing a way higher caliber than, than anybody else in the league. And then he moved over, of course, and he's been with teams like Wigan and so on. And he's a good manager, but it just doesn't seem to be working for Louis Barry there. And any insight on that? Is there anything that you've heard in it? And I know there's been questions asked. Should we pull him back in January, find him maybe yeah. a more a more meal, but maybe drop him down one more level, see if he can score goals for fun? What's what's the yeah. thoughts on Louis Barry? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough going for him. I mean, he's gone, gone to a club that are favourites for promotion. Cook struggled. Mm. And then uh, when Barry signed, I think there was only 10, 11 players there. After he signed, I think Cook signed another 10. It's a bloated, mm. bloated squad. He signed the likes of Tom Carroll now, Kyle Edwards is in position, Sonny Aluko. So a lot of experienced football league players. And when results aren't forthcoming, you're not going to turn to an 18-year-old loanee, are you? So that's, that's the issue there. Barry's been out with the tooth abscess as well. So he's finding his feet. He's, he's loving it there. Don't get me wrong. He's well into the dressing room and he's loving, 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 loving the environment, but he's not getting the minutes. So that'll be in, addressed in January. He's out of the England under-19 setup now as well, which is, is gutting for him. I mean, he could, he could still... Could still play for Ireland, you know, uh, Neil, um, if, 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 he, if he wanted to. But yeah, yeah. I think we'll look at look at that in uh, in January, and I think there is a plan B in place for a League, League Two side. I don't know who they are yet, but a League Two side will come in and um, he'll get play, he'll play minutes. Kane Kessler, he's, he's doing really well at Swindon. Yeah. So Brad Young's down in League Two, doing okay at Carlisle. Got a couple of goals, but they've just changed manager now. So it was all part of this learning experience. I, I'm sure he wasn't playing entirely for Grealish when he was at Notts County. Um, yeah. Those in a relegation battle, so they were struggling for results, and Grealish come up with the odd, odd bit of brilliance. So, yeah, part of the learning learning curve, part of the game, and I'll come back much much better. So, I'm looking forward to seeing them next summer. And, and you mentioned about Yednek as well, and I suppose just going back to to when I prefaced this topic was that that I think for me is one of the biggest pieces that is underlooked. The fact that we have a loans manager, the fact that we're talking about whether is this the right loan for this kid is is, like, that's an evolution of discussion between a fan base as well, because you know, beforehand we would be like, Oh yeah, sure. He's blood or, but at least he's training and he, you know, he's getting kicked by whatever center half is there. I know I, I can't remember any of the, any of the Ipswich center halves. There was a guy by the name of Luke Chambers. I think was there for years and he's, I'm sure he would kick people up into the air and it was all about kind of taking your licks and learning from big boys. But now we're kind of talking, you know, we've got that, that kind of um, player welfare situation in place with Millie Ednek. The fact that yeah, if this isn't yeah. working out, we're going to haul you back. We're going to find somewhere that's going to be advantageous to us. We're going to cherry pick essentially what clubs we can go to and Mille Jednak while he you know while he's a big name and obviously we we love him for what he did in that short period of time with Aston Villa and the fact he's ingratiated himself into the actual club by coming back into the backroom team and staying here and stepping up during that when Dean Smith was out with COVID and you know helping to coach the team and so on 
you know that's that's lovely to see and it's it's an evolution of the of the Aston Villa kind of family itself the fact we're getting old players to come back like Boateng and Mark Delaney and that's what good teams yeah. do United did it Liverpool did it and it's a good way of keeping keeping the ethos and I suppose keeping the and keeping the the yeah the ethos is the right right word I think I'm looking for of yeah. number one how to be a footballer and number two of the club going but we mentioned as well that Jacob Ramsey has been probably Look, I know everyone wants to talk about Carney and, and Louis Barry, but Jacob Jacob Ramsey is, is is the jewel of the crown so far, and what we've what we've produced. Talk to me, small, a little bit about him. Like, why is this a guy that's just worked really hard and put his nose in front of Dean Smith, or is this somebody that has been earmarked from through through the whole way up? I think I think the former there, like you say, he's put himself in front of Dean Smith. Look at me now, I'm I'm, I'm a Premier League player. Um, Dean yeah. Smith likes him. Obviously, he chucked him on three debut against West Brom when we lost. In the championship, you give him uh, baptism of the fire, as, as we call it. But listen, Jacob, great kid. I really noticed the difference over pre season, much bigger stature. He must have worked on it in the gym a lot over the summer. He's, a, he's an athlete now, proper. So um, he's only 20 as well, Neil. Um, he's his breakthrough season last season. He's got his debut at Fulham. He nudged Conor Horahan out of the team. And then the rest of his history is playing, playing against the big boys. And he's been trusted to do so as well. So this season, I think he started really well in there. I think with the three suits him, he just wants more goals and assists. And so, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. He's obviously highly thought of at Villa. I think he's on a, a big contract as soon as he come back from Doncaster after that stint as well. So really highly thought of. I spoke to Lee Carsley last week, the 21's boss, um, about him. I said, so why have you called him up then? I mean, has he impressed you? What have you liked? He said, I've known Jacob for years. I had him at the 20s and 19s. I mean, I like his attitude. I like him physically. He's raving about him, to be fair. He's raving about Aaron Ramsey as well, who's called up to the 21s uh, last month mm. uh, for Jacob's replacement. And Aaron's coming down leaps and bounds. He scored two for the 19s last week in Marbella. He's really highly thought of as well. So he didn't really impress over pre-season too much because he's given good chances. Aaron Ramsey was, but he's still so young, 18, coming into it now. So I think he'll have a big future at Villa. To the, to the majority, Aaron's the better one. So they say, but listen, yeah. the two completely different players. And yeah, two brothers, Ramsey's, Group not far from me down the road here in Great Bar, and they're doing really well. That's what I want to see. So, hopefully, they kick on a new, a new gear now, Jacob, as well, and um, get, get them get, get his first goal on the board. I think that give him a, a, a world of confidence, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and, and look, no matter where you are in the world, uh, obviously, me being here in Ireland. You know, there's it's there's something about someone that comes up through the academy, and that's why we've spent such a long time talking about this at the start. We all love our own, you know, and and uh, when somebody kind of is it, it's, it's harder to say goodbye to them as well if they do leave, but if they go on to become club legends, you know, every team yeah. needs it. You see it with United. That It's what breeds success is what I'm trying to say. You know, Liverpool had it with Steven Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, leaders within the group. They weren't leaders because they licked it up off the floor. They were leaders because they literally ingratiated themselves into the, into Liverpool Football Club. Same with Man United in class of 92 and so on and mm -hmm. so on. So the more you can grow your own, the more sustainable success that you should be able to have. And hopefully Jacob Ramsey is yet another one in the conveyor belt. And if we can get four, five, six more of those over the next four, five, six years, we'll be yeah. in a super position to be able to take on the big spenders in the Man Cities, the Man Uniteds. And now... Crazy and all, as it seems to say, the Newcastle United still <laughs> there that are are, are out there uh, in 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 the league. Um, over the over the summer as well, Ashley, uh, there was there was a lot of a lot of coaching changes 
and I suppose that even leached its way into in, into the season as well. Uh, the the last international break as well, we saw Aaron Danks came in. What's the talk about that? Because I suppose going back to to kind of the thought process of it and the very genesis of why we needed to make those. Obviously, we lost Richard or Kelly, and then in short space of time, we lost uh, John, John Terry. I was the opposite way around afterwards. Um, I'm not going to say was there a sense of. I, I didn't panic about it. I always thought that it was something that was going to happen anyway, that it was it was yeah. it was a prescribed thing. It was just a case of finding the right time for it to happen. Um but what what was kind of the feeling did any of those catch you by surprise? Just the O'Kelly one came as a surprise a few days before the opening game opening game of the season at Watford. O'Kelly departed. Really strange one. Um obviously Villa planned for the John Terry one 12 months previously, didn't they? We got yeah. Craig Shakespeare yeah. in last summer. These we said that we got Shaky in to get Ahead of John Terry's decision to, to move on, Terry's Terry this is Terry moved on as we all know we would. Uh, looking into, I think he's on the golf courses now, so he's enjoying it. Fair play to him, but he's going to go into management one day, so that's fine. A good servant, he helped that defense out brilliantly. I think he's helped develop Ming's concert, horse, and others. So we thank JT for that. But obviously, Craig Shakespeare, he's a more, more, more experienced in that role, and he's Dean Smith's lieutenant, as it were. As for the O'Kelly one. Yeah, but very strange. I think O'Kelly could have gone a few weeks earlier. He wants a new challenge. I think there was talk of him moving down to the 23s and looking at the new side of things. I don't think he wanted to do that. I think he wanted to stay at the top top level. So, yeah, he's moving on to pastures new. I expect him to get a new club soon. I can't see him coming out of out of coaching. He lives and breathes the game. So, very infectious yeah. character, Richard O'Kelly. Uh, and a key part of Villa's success. So, let's, let's not forget about that. So, he moved on. He was the attacking coach, as it were, and obviously Billy Aaron Danksy. Um, yeah, he was the top candidate. Um, yeah, this was watching for a while. I think he's from Solihull anyway. This knows his background inside out, having worked with the FI. And he went to Anderlecht as well, alongside company and Craig Bellamy. So very experienced coach, despite his... He looks about mid-20s, doesn't he, Aaron Danks? So, <laughs> yeah, very good. He's got, got a big job on his hands now to get the best out of Ings and Watkins and the attacking players, but... It's one he'll relish and he'll develop as well. So, yeah, some good additions over the summer. None more so, though, Austin McPhee now. I think that's a, mm -hmm. just a just a masterstroke for me. I think they've added the string to their bow, Villa. And I think it's going to be dangerous, isn't it? We've seen it Old Trafford come, come to the fore. And then I think they overtrolled it at Tottenham, as we all know, pumping the balls in the box a bit too much. So, hopefully they're not over-reliant over on that. But Austin McPhee, everyone can see the, the instant success they've had. So... Yeah, good additions all round. I think Dean Smith, he takes bits from everyone. But ultimately, he makes yes. the final decision. You see him on the touchline. He, he calls you up, He's in the conversation with two, three coaches. He goes, okay, okay. Then he makes his decision. So he takes information on board, Smith. And um, he's the one that deploys it. So very good coaching set up. Neil Cutler as well, big character. I've seen him yes. underneath the old Trafford passage as well as I walked out. I've met Neil before, but I said, congratulations on the big win. He said, nice one, Ashton. Yeah, I mean, he's, got, he's working with a, a top-class goalkeepers. Oh, yeah, he's a huge man, yeah, Neil. He could be a wrestler, like, if he... He could. Two weeks training, and I think you could see him You could see him in a wrestling ring. He's just <laughs> a physical mountain of a man. Like he's he is, that. yeah. He's, he's yeah. yeah. But, really uh, good, though, man. And, yeah, coaching... And he well well thought of as a goalkeeper coach, and once again we poached him. We poached him from from close from from in and around our own doorstep as exactly well, that. you know. So, uh, and that's what I like about the club that the club are calculated. They seem to be calculated in everything. It's not a case of, um, 
And I suppose, look, you will see it in the transfer market where we mightn't get get um, target number one, but we might get target number two or whatever. But gone are the days, I suppose, of, and I think this is more so a Premier League thing where you just trust so much at the wall and you'd hope one of them turn out to be good. There's a, there's a thought process brought in by by the owners, brought in by Dean Smith as well, because Dean Smith is the only constant that we've had from a footballing side of view. Yes, we've got a new director of football in, in Johan Lang, and I do think he's kind of up the game of the thought process and the, and, the, and the processes in general, I suppose, really within the club. But that kind of calculated manner, you mentioned that, you know, we found Danks. Danks was our number one target. We went, we got him, got him from Anderlecht. He's well thought of in the FA, brought him back to England, and now let's see what he can do. We did that with McPhee calculated, went out, we need a set-piece coach. I, on this podcast, listeners of the podcast will remember, uh, probably because they still haven't finished talking to their psychotherapist about it, but uh, I said that I would sing a song uh, if we ever scored from a corner again. And then about, I'd say it took about 15 weeks for us to score, but we did. I think it was the second last game of last season. And then I had to sing, I sang, I sang Sweet Caroline on the podcast, but uh, I'm sure people don't want to be reminded of that one. But it was, um, I think that is definitely an area. And that's one of the things I love about Dean Smith is the growth mindset that he has. He's able to put his hand up. And there's so many top managers in this game that have that bravado and they have that I'm right regardless mentality. Whereas Dean Smith says, I'm not good at this area. You're good at this area. Tell me how to be good. Or you you tell me what I need to know about this. And we make the decision together. That's just modern management. That's how you'd manage yeah. it. And I might go back to, it's like a business. That's how the biggest businesses are run. It's all done departmentally, and there's there's a co there's, there's kind of co decision making, and I absolutely love that. But can you? I, I suppose the next thing, really, the next evolution of that is the performances on the field, uh, Ashley. And and we've we've obviously had a tumultuous kind of start to the season in, in a lot of ways. There's there seems to seem to have been a, a talking point going into every single part of the season game of the season this year. Probably the only talking point wasn't wasn't. Um, what I suppose it was, would Courtney Hawes keep his keep his uh, position between the United game and the Spurs game? But the performances have been there. Take out the, the first game of the season. The performances have been there. And what do you see the evolution of the performance? Or how What's your feeling on the evolution of the performances? And I suppose more so the squad fitting into uh, the, 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 the tactic that we have here. Is it a tactic that's here to stay or is it a tactic that's going to be deployed when it's needed? What's the thoughts on that? Very interesting, like you say. I've been asked about the team for Wolves at the weekend, and I can't see Smith abandoning the 3-5-2 just yet. I think he's going to stick with that, um, especially Bailey being touch and go, whether to start or coming on. So a lot of interesting dynamics to this one now. I'd love to, I'd love to tap into Smith's thinking on this, but I think he did say to me, horses for courses will change it as and when we need it. But he was reluctant to Tottenham, wasn't he, after the win at Old Trafford? And, I think he'll be reluctant to again. I, I can't see him taking Ings, Ings out of the team just yet. Um, he told me Watkins won't, won't play out wide for me. He's just my our central striker. So I need to stick with a pair of them. But I think he wants to be exciting. It's, it's, in, it's in the roof come off the place against Everton. Bailey doing his bits coming on. Cash, mm. I mean, cash scoring and Villa came on strong. And, that, and that's, that's what Smith wants. I think Smith wants a forward thinking, really exciting. Go for, go for, go full throttle. To get, to get that win and when they're on top score and, and, and punish the team so yeah I think Villa, Smith wants Villa to be more dominant and score take the chances when they get them um, just how you fit these players in Bertrand Shure Leon Bailey where's it I, I can't see him playing left wing back you know what I mean that ain't going to happen so I think if he does come into the side I think he'll play off of Watkins or he'll play centrally or 
interesting dynamics to have. There's loads of options there, but it's fitting everyone in, isn't it? But Emmy Bruin Diaz, I haven't seen the best of him yet. He's played in a couple of positions already. I haven't seen the best of him centrally. Not quite sure of him centrally. Give me size and stature, ability to mix it. I think he's better out wide where he's got space. So, yeah, it's so interesting to, interesting to see what will what, play out in the next four games before the next, next international break. So, as, as it stands, I think Smith will probably stick with it, but there is, there is scope there to change. But you've got to get, you got to get your Baileys in. Wendy's got to start some games now. So, we'll see, mate. But, yeah, I wish I had the answer. But it was short. It will evolve as the season goes. And I think that's the interesting. I think I, I think the fact that we don't know whether he's going to go four two three one or three five two, in the past that would have been a negative, but I think it's probably a positive because we know the four two three one works when yeah. it works to it works against certain teams and you know we can get it to work. There's a there's a game plan, a blueprint there to get it to work because like, we saw that last season even without Jack Grealish, there's still a game yeah. plan. And we always have this because biggest criticism was last year no plan B needs to only plays the same eleven players never makes substitutions. Still gets criticised for not making substitutions yeah. now, but then again, look, it's if it's incremental improvements, incremental improvements. I, yeah. I personally don't 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 get as hung up in the substitutions as much as other people, but um, it's a, it's a valid criticism. I I I, I would say. Um, uh, looking forward, I think, and I know I, I kind of really had you on to talk about the first. I called it a quarter point of the season, even though that's seven games is probably a fifth point, but a fifth point doesn't sound great when you say it. Um, so quarter <laughs> point is what I went with. Um, <laughs> but the um, obviously, look, we, we have our lot now for the next for the next couple of weeks and and the next couple of months, and we can't obviously make any signings, but. Uh, and we're pretty well stocked. Like, let's we're not we're not crying out for too much more. Um, but with a look towards January, there's been an awful lot of rumblings of potentially money there to to, to sign people, and maybe big dips into the and maybe another one more big dip into the market to push us on, depending on where we are. Uh, and left back being murmured as uh, as a position that, that maybe we may look to strengthen. Anything on that? Is there is is that just? That's just internet talk, or is it, am no, I I'm asking mean, you to blow your cover in this one? <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's got to be a left back in mind, hasn't there? I mean, Matt Target is the only out and out one at the moment. We saw Nash Young in the summer on a one year deal. I think Villa want on an exciting young left back who's, who's I think, Yuan Lang's doing doing his doing that now, searching for, for up and coming left backs with, with great ceilings and and big, big um, selling value. So I think I think that's in that's in the groundworks right now. A new left back for the summer to rival Matt Target. So I think he needs it because um, he, he can be quite. I mean, he started the season indifferently and he's only just picking himself up now. I thought he did okay against Tottenham and and that, that's that. So yeah, left back will be in the offing, and then you got players like I mean Morgan Sanson. We haven't seen enough of him yet, have we? Um, like another him. setback. I like him as well. He, he showed glimpses. He's a Champions League pedigree player, so we haven't seen the best of him yet. He's been out with back to back injuries now, so. And yeah, I mean, decisions need to be made. Obviously, Cameron Archer's deal expires next summer, so there'll be conversations there in January, I, I expect. And and yeah, in terms of incomings, I know we've got a couple of comment pieces to land. And James Madison, you know, um, a player who's out, out of the team at Leicester at the moment. His agents were talking to Arsenal in the summer. I mean, he's only 24. Villa wanted James Ward Price last summer, didn't they? A dead ball specialist. And Madison, Madison is one of them, so... That's an option Villa, Villa, Villa could test themselves with. Um, one of my colleagues put it through an opinion piece this week saying he's one that could be got at. So we'll see. There's options there, but these there's a lot of British-based players, ones with good that don't have to be adaptable coming into the Premier League. So that's his remit. 
Second behind that is players with real pedigree like Leon Bailey and others. So, yeah, Villa have the blueprint, don't they, to go off? They're big on stats now. I remember when, uh, when Matty Cash signed, or just before, I think Langer flew out to Greece to meet him and said, you'll be a big success in this team and what we're going to do. So, you know, and Langer's massive on stats and data. So, they're going, they'll be going down, down that route. But no solid names yet. Um, still early days, like I say. And I think, I don't expect too much business to be done in January, but I think, I mean, Torre and Nicambo will be going on to the AFCON duty. So, they'll be missing for three weeks and there may be some... Some dip in the market, like you say, but there won't be. Smith doesn't like the winter winter window unless good deals can be done. So they are quite rare. That Sanson deal got done because of the French TV money, and he was he was available at fourteen million pounds, which is a snip. So we'll see how the market moves. Newcastle have a big say. There could be some a little merry-go-round happening. That's so that that's massive, isn't it? So we'll see. But yeah, I, mean, I like the Madison one that that was put to me this week. Um, he scored eleven direct free kicks more than Ward Price. So that's. We've been big on free kicks and set pieces now. That's 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 one that one that excites me. He's off form at the moment though, but yeah, no names as yet. Um, Villa keen to to promote from within and, and go go with what they've got from within. So I think a couple of we need to move out next summer. Perhaps you look at Yargazi's future. What's the future for him? And people like that out the team and a couple of go out on loan. Philogene Bedais might go out on loan next season. Do you know what I mean? So there's loads loads of dynamics to to look at, but it's just going to go with what he's got for now. I think conversation will be starting, starting in due course. So I might quiz him on it on Friday if you look to, to January yet. Say, so there's a couple of guys over there in Ireland that are absolutely stone mad looking to know if there's anyone going to be signed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He can He never. He'll, he'll never say no to us. He never say no to myself and Paddy over <laughs> in Ireland. He'll have to answer. And he'll answer it truthfully as they always do. All, football managers always answer that question truthfully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So listen, listen, Ashley, we're going to finish up in a moment and, and I'm going to be cheeky and I'm going to ask you about, I'm going to ask you about that, that article, that article you wrote and, and you know, it got a, it, it, it got a, it got a bit of, um, I'm going to say notoriety in a way. Um, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way as in notoriety, but I think, I think it became a famous article that it wrote in the summer and it was to do with, uh, I suppose, really kind of like an open letter slash opinion piece on, on Jack Grealish after he left the club and interviews and so on like that. Um, talk to me about it because I personally, and I said it to you before, I personally believe it was a very brave article to write and, uh, you know, and I, I, I think a lot of it I agreed with, you know, and I mentioned it to you and I, and I didn't plan on, on, on really going into this and saying this on the podcast, but I, I agreed with an awful lot of it. And I always said, but I said to myself, Jesus, I don't know whether I have the balls to put that one out there. Um, yeah. What was, what was your feeling on it? Cause I know on social media, you said you deliberated quite a lot about whether you would actually print, print it and publish it because obviously he's meant an awful lot to the club, but this was kind of like, to me, it came across as a man standing up for his club. Uh, in in your part, you were I, yes. I, you had the fed you had to write it, but I don't want to put words into your mouth. Is is that no. a fair thing to say? Hundred percent, yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. It just, it just worked for me. My gaffer asked me to do a comment on it. Um, I just, the day before on the Thursday, the interview came out. I listened to it. I weren't very I didn't like didn't like what he said. I thought he you very unrecognisable now, Jack. And maybe he come across wrong on the OTV edit with the interview. I thought. When he got asked about the, um, did you think someone would come in? He said, yeah, that's why we had to put it in, so I, I could do one, basically. I didn't like that. Didn't, didn't like the tone. I just did a comment piece on it, opinion piece. It was quite strongly worded. I'll get that. Um, but listen, it's just, just my, it's my work. It was a comment piece. I felt, like you said, I'm sticking up for Villarreal. 
you don't that Dan talk Villa, that's how I felt. And I, I, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I had some sleepless nights over it, I had, I had some threats and all sorts what happened. So we're over it now. But listen, I don't know what to say. I, I love Jack. I followed his career. I mean, I was bigging him up at the Euros. I was I was slaughtering Southgate. Got to play him. He's, he's still England's best player. Last night we seen that. He's England's oh, best player. Absolutely. End of. Yeah. So yeah. No, no one can see. I'm banging the Grealish drum constantly. Um, and the reason why it hurt me because I, I got on with his family really well. I got on with his dad really well, and it hurt me for me because I've hurt them now, and that, that hurt me a little bit. But just mm. business from my end. My end. I, I didn't want any. I didn't want it to blow up the way it did. It's not my intention. Just my work. That's for my opinion on it. I was strong on it because I'm strong on Villa. I'm big on Villa. Um, and I didn't. I thought he let that injury lack respect. And I said, it, take it with a pinch of salt. But he obviously bit. I didn't mean to bite. He commented back. He slagged me off. Okay, all right. I'll take it on the chin. But it's one of them, mate. I didn't want to do it. I like you said, I didn't want to do it because I knew I'd probably overfill my emotions. But that's my heart on my sleeve. That's what I, who I am. If you meet me, that's, I'm honest. I'm brutal. I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, so it's one of them, mates. Yeah. Do I look back and regret it now? Probably a little bit. But listen, I stuck for what I believe in. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I backed the club. I, and yeah, I, I was good to see him leave. Obviously, Jimmy, I, I said all summer. Yeah. I think he'd stay. It was such a difficult decision for, for his, him and his family. Totally. And yeah, it's one of them, mates. And just bringing it back now. You know I mean, it's, yeah, bringing back some emotion, like. For that time, and I should get a lot for you. But yeah, listen. No, I, we're I, we're all I'm the same. Up. No matter how, yeah. no matter how much I say I'm over, I'm over the transfer. I always kind of sometimes look back and go, uh, that shirt doesn't fit him right. You know that it just it's doesn't fit him right. And, and, and to be honest with you, whenever I see him in it, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso. Whenever I see him in it, I go, he just looks like Jimmy Tart from <laughs> Ted Lasso. If you've ever seen it, but uh, that's that's just kind of me going, oh, I really because like we do, we do want, we would love to still have him in this in in this club. Yeah, I think everybody does it, and uh, he'll always be a villa boy and everything. And but uh, yeah, you know, as I say, it's yeah, it it, it it's one of those things that. Uh, that, that, that I suppose, you know, it, the way it went on for, for so long and things like that, it, it, it can evoke any type of emotion and, you know, yeah. completely understand understand what you're what you're saying and where you're coming from there and that one. And, and, and thanks for being so open and honest about it. And, you know, that's, uh, that's it. it's uh, <laughs> because it was, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's, I can even see it there. That you, you, you feel like you did, I feel like you did struggle with it. Um, when, yeah, yeah. When you were yeah, writing yeah, it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's my, my, it's my opinion piece. I said what I said, what I said. Yeah. We all move on from it, and Villa are in a better place now. I'm sure Jack would think he's in a better place now, and yeah. that's it, isn't it? Life goes on, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just felt I've, I've, I felt a bit bad about it. So I, I got I, I got a lot of time for his family. I mean, they're good to me, yeah. and I mean, it's, it's that that personal aspect. But listen, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? I think I think that I think he's, he's a footballer. I think that that, that little kid who's running around the, the Aston Social Car Park kicking balls and love, love Villa. I think he was long gone. It's, it's about the the brand now, isn't it? The, the England and all this, and the, the bright lights of the Champions League. He's he's, he's moved on. So, uh, yeah, it's it's that really. So that's my, that's my view on it, Neil. Um, and yeah, I put my heart on my sleeve. I said I, I said how it was. Take it or leave it. It's one of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we move on now. We're not so over reliant on him. I just yeah, that game in November is going to be so interesting down Villa Park. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy. We'll see. Yeah, but we all moved on from it and. Yeah, exactly. Up the villa, and exactly. That, you know I 
the, t- the team is in an awful lot better position for when he does come back in two or three years' time. When uh, when we win the league, and, and, and then, it, then it comes back then to play, play the Champions League with us. We can all live in hope. We can all live in hope because it would be great. Look, as I say, be, uh, we mentioned we started out talking about youth. Uh, the 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 importance of youth, and I mentioned that you know you need these youth players to be able to come through and to build that dynasty and to build that 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 kind of feeling within a team. And and look, I suppose being raw at the time, I think a lot of Villa fans, uh, I I I didn't quite say it myself, but I think a lot of Villa fans would say, no, that's him done. I don't think I'd ever wish it. Welcoming back to the club, we'd all welcome him back with both hands. We nearly offer both feet to lift him up into Villa Park again because look, talents like that are talents, and and uh, as I say, um, you never know. You never, you just never know with football. Who would have thought Ashley Young would come back to the club as well? So, so mm. there is that. But Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's nearly become a catchphrase on the podcast at the moment, where I literally did say to you at the start that we were 15, 20 minutes, and we're now thirty eight minutes, and oh, I feel boy, guilty man. because I've probably kept you from your from your from your tea and uh, away from your family. <laughs> but I really, really appreciate it. You're someone I've wanted to chat to for an awful long time since we've been doing the podcast. Um. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of people, a lot of times, a lot of people that I kind of go, oh, I don't want to be reaching out to them because I don't want to be annoying them or I don't want to be like maybe taking up their time or anything like that. So I really appreciate yeah. you coming on. It's been a great chat. You've been real open and yeah, honest. And, you know, literally uh, when when I when I was talking to you and asked you to come on straight away, it was, yeah, absolutely. Where, when, where, where? You know, so I, I appreciate Anytime. that. It's uh, it is really appreciated. Yeah. Um, you might bump into Paddy. Well, Paddy, I was hoping Paddy was going to be here tonight, but uh, he's actually going over to the game, to to the Wolves game at the weekend. Brilliant. And it's going to be his first time back in Villa Park in since since the. Wow. Gosh, I can't remember when he said it was, but it, it's he was he was actually in the the Tottenham Stadium last uh, two weekends ago, so he's going to yep. be in Villa Park this weekend. So we will be doing what we we do a team sheet tantrum where we react to the team sheets uh, in live in live time as they're announced just before nice. the games, and Paddy will be doing that from Villa Park. Um, on Saturday, and I'll be stuck here in my uh, my podcasting boudoir, trying to uh, trying to trying to stay sane while the match is on. But, uh, <laughs> you might bump into him if you see if you see uh, if you see a guy who looks a small a bit like the character at the start of this podcast. It doesn't happen. <laughs> You'll know who he is. Um, yeah. But Ashley, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks a million for popping on, and uh, I wish you all the best in ev- everything you do. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you again. Yeah. Anytime, Neil. Thanks for the invite, mate. Anytime, mate. Nice one. Excellent. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Thanks so much to everybody for watching. Um, as I said, we will be back later on in the week. We'll probably have a uh, Wolves preview. We'll have our team sheet tantrum and then we'll have our, our review afterwards. Here's to a win at the weekend against Wolves. Be nice to get one over uh, over a crowd from not next door, but over the road, we'll call them. I, do, I don't think it's much of a rivalry, but I'm sure there's probably a whole podcast to be had on that, uh, Ashley, for, especially for people who are living in and around the Borough area. But we don't really classify it as, as, as a, a rivalry here, but we'll, we'll take what we can get since they're the only ones close enough to us in the Premier League. Yeah. But uh, once again, thanks so much, everybody, for listening and for watching. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.